Her name first appears and only appears in the opening chapter of the gospel written by Dr. Luke. She's mentioned along with her husband, Zechariah, who was a priest. Listen to the text. Zechariah's wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless, because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both well advanced in years. Luke chapter 1, the last part of verse 5 through verse 7. That introduction sets up the story of what happened next in verses 8 through 25. Zechariah is chosen to serve as a priest before God in the temple. And so he leaves to go to the temple in Jerusalem to perform his priestly duties. Crowds have gathered in the outer courts of the temple to worship and pray as Zechariah enters to burn the incense. Once inside, Zechariah is startled by the appearance of an angel. Who wouldn't be? The angel has a message of God for him. Your wife will give birth to a son. Oh, yes. You're to name him John. Nobody in the family by that name, but okay. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit before he's even born. Well, that's new. He will have the spirit and power of Elijah. This means something even bigger is going to be happening. Zechariah questions the angel. In Luke 1.18 we read, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. My wife is well along in years. And the angel tells Zechariah these words, Now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time. Luke 1.20 Now Zechariah's inability to speak when he came out from within the temple caused a stir in the crowd and they all began to conjecture what's going on. But he obviously couldn't tell him, couldn't tell them. There were no writing instruments in those days that you could just whip out. There was no iPad or phone you could put a message into and text to them. There was nothing like that. But he couldn't speak. So they didn't know. They could only guess. Listen to what happens next. Zechariah returns home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and for five months she remained in seclusion. What happened in those five months? Certainly there were no conversations, but that some of you know what that's like already. Some of you have husbands that just don't let you know what's going on in their mind. Of course, I have a woman who tells me that sometimes it's because nothing's going on in my mind, and she's right. But in this case, there was no option for Zechariah. He could not speak. But why seclusion? Why go into privacy? Why stay buried in your home? Especially since she had said, 
The Lord has done this for me, and these days he, that is God, has shown his favor and has taken away my disgrace among the people, Luke one twenty five. And yet she goes into seclusion, five months of it, silence on his part, seclusion on her part. This is an untold story. In rabbinic storytelling, this is called condensation. Everything's boiled down into a word or a small phrase for five months. We have silence and we have seclusion. My guess, Elizabeth was overwhelmed with morning sickness and what to do with a home where the only noise she heard was of her own making. Put that on hold. Meanwhile, 70 miles away, in Nazareth, we have the story of Mary, a relative of Elizabeth. And as you look at that picture up there, the girl that's, well, you can kind of make it out. A new projector would really be helpful. (laughs) The girl that's over here. There you go, walk in front of it. Good job, Pastor. This girl right here is about the age that Mary would have been when this news came to her about her pregnancy. 13, 14, at most 15 years old. The same angel angel who had revealed to Zechariah the news about John was now coming to Mary 70 miles away to giving her news about her immaculate conception and the birth of God's Son to whom she should give the name Jesus. And immediately following that visitation, the very next phrase is this. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. Luke one thirty nine. Those are the opening words of today's scripture lesson. But I have some questions. Why the haste? What's really happening here? Another condensation, all tied up in the word hurried. My guess, just a guess. Nazareth was not a safe town for a woman to be pregnant and not yet married. She had to get out of town. While it was the very beginning, she wasn't even showing yet. She had just been announced to be a person who had conceived the Son of God She had to get out of town because she knew Nazareth for her was not a safe place now. Or perhaps her father and her mother, one or both of them, would have not been safe people for her emotional health and what she needed in order to bring to life this child that was conceived within her. Or perhaps Joseph is having a very difficult time accepting and understanding what what she has told him about the angel visitation. And we read in the scripture that he did consider at the beginning quietly to divorce her, to leave her on her own, because he couldn't buy into this story that she had said. Listen again to the entire text. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud, loud voice, she exclaimed, 
Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Luke 1, 39-45. We know nothing about Mary's stay with Elizabeth other than this greeting. Because in verse 56 we read, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. That's all we know. Another condensation. Stayed for three months. Three months of two women who are both miraculously pregnant. One with a long marriage and an old life who now has a child inside her womb. And one who was about to be married but not yet married and also has a child in her womb. Mary in her first trimester, three months. Elizabeth at the end of the second trimester through the first two months of her third trimester. Can you imagine the conversations they might have had? How they helped and held and cried and laughed with one another? And Zachariah is sitting over here watching and can't say a word. You know, there may be a lesson in that for us guys sometimes. Because we tend to get on our horse, put our hat on, ride up, fix a problem, tip our hat, and then move on to the next problem to be fixed, as though we can do it. Sometimes it's wisdom to just sit and be still and quiet and watch. It's so hard, though. It's uh, Isn't it, guys? There are some wives that are shaking their heads. <laughs> it's just how it is. Elizabeth revealed to Mary a profound love. At first, it seemed like it was a surprise visit. And yet she seems to know Mary's condition. She knew Mary was pregnant. How did that news get to her? They didn't have internet. They didn't even have Pony Express. How did the news get there? It has just happened. Remember? Right after the angel leaves her, she hurries and leaves town. She also seemed to know that Mary's baby was the Lord. She uses the term in the text. Is that a misquote by Dr. Luke? I doubt it. Elizabeth has some intuitive information, at least, in how she greets her, this surprise visitor, a relative of hers. Then she has an unbelievably surprised feeling. The baby leaps in her womb. This was perhaps the first movement she had felt of this child. Movement can come early, at the end of the first trimester. But oftentimes for the first pregnancy a woman has, it doesn't come until near the end of the second trimester. And that's where she is about to get enter her time. 
and getting filled with the Holy Spirit. A filling of the Holy Spirit also is accompanied most often by feelings of great joy and overwhelming peace. When you know that God is working in this circumstance, God is working in your life and heart, your mind catches hold of what God is doing, there's a sense of phenomenal joy and incredible peace. And then all she can do is bless. She blesses and she blesses and she blesses, Elizabeth does. She couldn't stop blessing. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. When the Holy Spirit is active in our lives, we're in the mode of blessing. She blesses Mary as unique among women. She blesses the child that's in Mary's womb that's just a little peanut right now. She blesses, quote, she who believes that the Lord fulfills what he promises. And that's both of them. He's fulfilling for Elizabeth what he promised, and he's fulfilling for Mary what he promised. And she catches both of them. So she blesses, she blesses, she blesses. And here's the point. Elizabeth loves Mary and shows it by being safe for her. She could have had another response when she showed up. Oh, yeah, running away. Oh, yeah, trouble. Now you've got to come to the priest and his wife. You expect me to believe that this really happened this way to you? That would be not safe. That would be not helpful. That would end any care that might be possible between them as relatives or as two women. But Elizabeth is safe. Here's the application for us. Love is revealed and validated by people who are safe. That's how it's really shown in the very beginning. You have in this church one of the most profound models of a safe person in Pastor Diane. There may be someone who may not feel safe with her, but I can't imagine who that might even be. To be able to open up to her, to tell her what's percolating inside, what trouble you're experiencing... She is so safe to be with. She is so safe because she loves deeply each human being that she meets. And people can be honest and open and transparent and vulnerable with her because she's a safe person and she's a safe person because she loves profoundly. You also have a group of Stephen ministers who have been trained Some of them had already bubbled up in them before there was any training. But in addition to the bubbling up that goes on inside, there's training to how to be a safe person, how to listen, not finish sentences, not jump to conclusions, but listen and wait until the whole story is told. And if asked for advice, then give it, not before. And they're also trained to pray powerfully, profoundly, carefully, and lovingly for whatever the situation has come up. Pastor Diane and our chairman, Rich Laurie, 
have led this group. To, how many Stephen Minners do, do we have now, Rich? 14 active Stephen ministers. And I know there are more of you who are very safe to be with because you really do love people, period. It was 2005. I was pastoring at a church in Connecticut, down on, near the shore in Easton, Connecticut. was there for 19 years, and we were in the midst of that ministry, and we were asked to bring a team of people to Kenya, Africa. And so we put together a very significantly large group to go to Kenya. I would be doing a preaching and teaching mission, and all of us together would be doing a lot of work helping them deal with the AIDS crisis that was just rampant in Kenya at the time. Their pastor there, Pastor Malinge, he had all the right information about AIDS and how to help the community in which he lived and the churches that he served. He served multiple churches. But he said, if a bunch of people come from America, Christians from there, and speak on it, they'll listen better to them. Now, I, I guess you're more of an expert when you live far away. If you're close, people know you and you lose your expertise. So we went. It was an amazing experience. We saw a lot of people come to Christ. It was a joyful time. But I will never forget the morning before we were going to begin to meet with people who had been diagnosed with the AIDS virus, Carolyn came to me and she said, Craig, do I, do I have to touch them? And I said, well, no, you don't. If that doesn't feel right for you, of course you don't have to touch them. She said, I'm afraid. I said, it's okay, let's pray about it. So we prayed. Not for her to get over her fear necessarily, but for God to have his way in how she was to be with whoever she was assigned. She was given a mother with two children. All three of them had the AIDS virus. I took this picture less than 10 minutes after she first met her. And the rest of that afternoon, they were crying and laughing and hugging and holding each other close. Carolyn became safe for that young family. And that family became a way for that safety to come. Because the love was there and the fear had now been dissipated. In Matthew twenty two thirty six, Jesus is asked, what is the greatest or most important commandment? You know his response. It's love. Love God with your whole being, your mind, your heart, your soul, your strength. And love people. See them as neighbors, not as AIDS victims, not as fornicators, not as perverts, nothing else like that. See them as neighbors, he says. And love them with the same behavior that shows that you do love yourself, because we do. Jesus also said, love one another as I have loved you. Is Bethany a loving church? 
it is. Is Bethany a safe place for broken, needy people? Would they be welcomed here, cared for here, included here, blessed here? Let's get more personal. Am I a loving and safe person for other people? Are you? This is a way to check whether the love of God guides our life and our living or not. May God help us to learn from and be like Elizabeth was for Mary, loving and safe for others, including relatives, but not only those we're related to. Pray with me. Holy Father, may Jesus be born anew in us as he was born in and conceived by Mary. And may we be filled with the Holy Spirit because we have received the gift of Jesus' love in our lives. Make us overflow with love for one another. Help us to be safe with and loving of other people. This is your mission, Lord. This prepares us for your powerful work in our world. Help us to be prepared by being lovers of others. In Jesus' name, amen.